Welcome to Office Hours, a podcast presented by College Fashionista. It's Amy Levin here. This week's episode is presented by AEO. I chatted with Iskra Lawrence and Halima Aiden, AEO's newest faces for their fall campaign. We talked about what it means to be a model in today's society and the fun projects that they're working on. Enjoy our conversation. So we have, as you guys know, Iskra Lawrence and Halima Aiden here to join us. So I'd like to welcome the ladies out to come take their seats. Cool. So let's kick it off. Why don't you guys start and tell us where you both grew up and what was your experience like in the area that you guys grew up, since you both grew up in very different areas. So Iskra, if you want to start. So please let me go first, because mine's pretty like low-key, normal. Um, I grew up in Worcestershire in England. It's very much um, in the middle of nowhere, very peaceful, very tranquil. My housemate likes likes to say there's more sheep than people. That's not factually correct. Um, But it was cool, like my dad's one of 10. Um, so basically our whole family still lives in that same little town. It's crazy. Um, so yeah, it, it, it was awesome, but I've definitely lived in a few different places. I moved out at 18. I was very set on kind of building my own life. And so I moved out, I lived with a boyfriend at the time. He was a big mistake, but you learn from things. Then <laughs> I moved to London that. for three years and then I ended up in New York. No, um, for me, uh, I grew up in Kakuma. Uh, it's a refugee camp in Kenya. Um, I lived there for about seven years. So, no sheep, but <laughs> I wish I had a sheep. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, so it was a really interesting childhood because we didn't have much, obviously, uh, but we had a very diverse group. Uh, there was refugees from all over Africa. So there were people from Sudan, Ethiopia, Somalia, you know, kind of all over Africa, and one thing we had in common was we all wanted a better life, you know? The parents wanted a better life for their kids, so we didn't speak speak the same language, but you quickly adapt. Uh, Swahili became, like, our common ground, basically. Um, so, yeah, growing up, I remember there were a lot of fights <laughs> over, like, water, over food, over, like, utilities. You know, a ton of fights, but uh, people slowly began to understand each other, and we kind of all figured out we were there for like the same purpose. The fights were not the kids, obviously. It was like our parents. Adults. <laughs> yeah, it was adults. Uh, but the kids, you know, we really grew to like bond, and it was basically like we were all the same, same basically. You know, even though some of us celebrated Christmas, and then when uh, Eid came, we were all like celebrating it together. So everyone kind of blend, like the kids blended cultures, we blended languages, we blended food, everything, even religion. And then I moved to America and it's like the complete opposite because we have cliques, uh, you know, here's the Somali group, here's the not so much, here's the athletes, here the, you know, so I, w- I wasn't used to that. But um, again, learning experience and I learned to grow from that. And how did, where you guys are both from, kind of impact to play a role in your your careers? Mm, it definitely, I would say, provides grounding. Wherever you're from, you want to stay in touch with that. I go home all the time because it just reminds me how much I've grown, but also how much I've got to stay true to myself and who I really am and be reminded that, you know what, where you came from is your story. It's part of you and your family. Like, I, I love being around my family yeah. because they treat me the way they always treated me and they see me for just who I am not what I've achieved 
Um, and I think that's just always really important to get back to that. So one of my sayings is like, feet on the ground, eyes to the sky, that type of thing. <laughs> <laughs> no, for sure. I think it's, I mean, both of you are from, you know, wonderful places. And I think when you're from a big city, it's just a different experience, right? Mm -hmm. Like growing up in New York is fantastic, but you just see so much opportunity. And I'm also from like a relatively small town. And I also was like so ambitious and wanted more because I felt like I just didn't have it. Mm -hmm. And I, I think it's great. You have to remember where you're from. And of course, you know, everything plays a role into who you are. Mm -hmm. um, what about your guys' first kind of break? Or what was the moment that you were like, I want to be a model. Like this is the career I want to go after. Do you have like one particular memory or was it just a combination of things? Well, yours was yeah. the competition, right? <laughs> yeah. Entering yeah. the competition. Yeah, it was the pageant. Well, I had a very, like, unconventional, I guess. I did the Miss Minnesota USA pageant. And kind of, like, my reason for doing that is because, again, I wasn't seeing, like, representation. So I'm like, here's here's what I can do on a local level. You know, it's something that I am able to do, you know? So I reached out to, like, the pageant organizers. And I was like, listen, I want to be involved. I obviously think this is a good fit. Um, but... I'm gonna wear my hijab and they were like that's totally fine you know and a burkini which is like the swimsuit that Muslim women wear um, so again it's just like taking that extra step it's like taking the first step taking I feel the like the first step yeah but again like I didn't intentionally want like I didn't have modeling in mind you know I just wanted representation and I took that first step and then here I am now. <laughs> and then so. like one thing led to the next and then it was like a snowball effect I remember what came after the pageant IMG came out IMG. for the pageant. Which Actually, is a pretty yeah. awesome next step to happen. <laughs> yeah, but I see the thing is um, IMG owns uh, the Miss Universe organization, which right. owns Miss Minnesota. So now it's it's, it makes sense, you know, like, again, like that first step, you never know what's going to happen. Yeah. Were your parents supportive of your decision? No, not at first. <laughs> so how <laughs> did you... My parents are African. <laughs> Unless you're a doctor or a lawyer, they're not going to be supportive. <laughs> How many people in the audience feel that same way? Like your parents don't understand what you're doing and you feel like you're kind of alone? Half and half? Yeah. yeah. And I don't blame them, you know? Like I, my mom, you know, raised us with her sweat and blood and tears, you know? So I, I know she wants so much for me and she doesn't understand like the importance of like pictures and like magazines and I get it because it's representation and I grew up in America and I didn't have women that looked like me or little girls so I, I know what it's like to not have that but she grew up in a different part where the only priorities were are you healthy are you do you have a home you know are you educated those were the three things and if you had that you were winning at life so I mean I understand what, what she where she's wants. coming from yeah because yeah, she's my parent at the end of the day she wants the absolute best for me well now she must be very proud now she is <laughs> it, it's it's baby steps you know uh, but at first she wasn't supportive but now she obviously is Iskra what about you what was your first like aha moment like you were on the right track <laughs> oh goodness the track was a bit all over for me um, <laughs> I entered L Girl Search for Supermodel at 13 mm -hmm. um, and I came I think in the top seven that was a really cool experience for me. I've always been into fashion. I love dressing up. You'd see me like in, as a toddler in my mom's heels with red mm -hmm. lipstick on and a diaper. You were um, into it. <laughs> yeah, I was always into it. Um, and then I did the competition and then things seemed to be going well. I got signed um, by an agency in London and I was going down there regularly, but they were measuring my hips like every time. And every time I'd go to the agency, I was like looking at the other girls and you do that, you can pay yourself, which is, one of the things I now don't do for that exact reason. And I was thinking, I don't look like these other models. Like I'm just a bit 
curvier, like my body shape is different. And then when I was about 15, 16, which is when they would kind of be able to get paid work, they said to me, actually, we, um, we've decided that you're not really a right fit for us. Um, and so then they gave me a list of the AMA, which is the Association of Model Agents, and they said, you should try these ones. So I went to eight of those. And were you going by yourself or were your parents going my with parents you? My parents were coming. So they were supportive. Oh, very, very. My parents, they're incredible. Um, but they wanted to push me towards that dream. So it was a struggle because actually my mom um, was telling me, oh, you've put on weight or, you know, those jeans make you look bigger or you shouldn't wear those shoes because they make your legs look bigger. So unknowingly, we've had that conversation now where I was like, that really did kind of affect my uh, body dysmorphia. Yeah, absolutely. But it's because sometimes your parents don't know and they're just trying to do what's best for you because they want to see you happy and successful. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I then went with very tiny little local agencies where I was doing like free modeling work or crummy jobs. I don't know if you saw my YouTube video the other day. I genuinely like modeled Shrek costumes. <laughs> it was like, the cutest Shrek costume. Wait, I need to I see saw. this. Yeah, I'm, I'm painted green and I'm wearing a Shrek outfit. And okay. like, I did anything I could just to get my foot in the door. And I spent five years doing that. I was like, I'm talking like, um, you know, at Formula One, I would like be the umbrella girl or I was just like very unglamorous things, but you were, you were ambitious and I you felt were like determined. I was still doing what I enjoyed. Yeah. Um, and so when I was 19, I heard about plus size modeling. So I went and saw an agency and then they were like, oh, actually you're too small. So I was like, how is this? <laughs> this is not you right. You can't win. Yeah. So that was really when I just decided, no, like I'm just going to have to do my own thing. And if they're not ready for it, I have to prove to them that they should be. So I created an unretouched calendar that raised money for cervical cancer with 12 of my girlfriends who are all different shapes and sizes from different places. And um, I created a company called Model Kind. Um, and, I, and this is a, a, for anyone out there. You can do that. I create a website. I didn't know I could create a website. You can do that. Um, I marketed it online and we sold over 5,000 calendars, which might not sound like a lot, but 100% of the proceeds went to cervical cancer. And for me, taking that step was the best decision I ever made because I pushed myself creatively. And um, yeah, basically from then on, I realized I don't want to retouch my pictures. So about the same time, social media came about. I started talking about this online, stopped retouching my photos, committed to that. Um, Heard about Airy and their unretouched campaign. And I was like, wow, this is the first company and brand I've ever seen that I felt like I align with and who I really want to work with. Um, And that's just kind of how it all came. So So I feel like both of you have the common thread of like being very true to yourself and kind of trying to block out the noise of what's conventional and just saying like this is what I believe in this is what I'm going to go after and if it's well received great and if not great because like this is what I'm committed to but that's when it works yeah so if you are forcing yourself if you're um, a square key trying to get into a round hole or you're trying to be like someone else that space is already taken you can't be that person you have to be yourself and that's like any single one of you in any career that you do you will be valuable when you're yourself because no one else can be you or bring the skills or bring the energy that you give. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's just about encouraging others to see that. And when you become more individual, you become more valuable. Mm-hmm. So on that point, how do you block out all the noise that happens on social, right? Because that mindset's a great, it's a great way to think, but it's very hard when you're seeing so much 
so much kind of noise and, and different models and different influencers on social doing different things. Like, how do you how do you block it out? Well, obviously, like not every not everybody is gonna have like the same path. You know, um, we're both modeling, but our paths, you know, are very different. Um, and that's totally fine, you know? So it's like, you can't compare yourself to what the next girl is doing. You can't compare yourself to other people because you guys don't have like the same journey. You guys didn't start from the same line. You guys, there's nothing that, that's gonna be the same about the journey, you know? So I think that's like the hardest thing to do is to just kinda be, be happy for them. Uh, look at the post, like, comment, share the love. Cause at the end of the day, we're all women. We all have obstacles. Uh, we all have things that we could do better at. Um, but we have to be each other's biggest cheerleaders, you know? So just kind of like... Yeah. And who do you guys think has, have both individually really supported you guys along your journey and been that kind of, you know, I call it mentor who's helped push you where you are? Well, I mean, you're looking at mine right here. <laughs> Our first... Mentor, mentee. Yeah, like we, I met um, Iskra at the American Eagle campaign and... Honestly, like right after it ended, I remember she just came up and we were like, she was like, let's go out, you know? And that was the first time a model actually said that to me. And that was my first time hanging out with another model outside of just work. And it really helped make, make it more personal and it made the campaign more fun because I got to walk away with a friend and we exchanged numbers. And I remember you even saying like, it's so easy to just kind of get caught up with work, but then you forget that you know, you're missing out, you know, you need to have like a human relationship with the people that you're working with. Yeah. So uh, I think what she did for me is very important. And obviously we talked about, we talked for like two hours, I think, about yeah. just like what I can do to like shut off the haters. And she gave me really great advice. And That's I really hope great. I can do that for another girl. Definitely. I think um, part of life is being mentors to other people. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing more rewarding, I, I feel like, than yeah. if you can gift someone else just a little bit of what you've been through and then say you know what maybe this can help you like mm -hmm. that's something that I really cherish I don't have sisters I don't have any siblings mm -hmm. and I've created sisters along the way mm -hmm. um, moving to New York and not having any family here I created my own family and um, the girlfriends I have here are all insane they're mm -hmm. all they enrich my life. We never have conversations that make me feel bad. I often hear girlfriends kind of the way they communicate with each other, they kind of hold each other back sometimes because I don't know, they make them feel insecure. And yeah. that really, really upsets me because especially as women right now, what we can do for our sisters, we can build them up and make them shine. Mm -hmm. And that's the best thing you can do. And you're gonna feel that value in your relationships. Mm -hmm. um, so I encourage you all to do that. Um, but going back to social media, um, my biggest thing is creating and consuming. They're very different things. Um, and so I always strike a balance. Um, I try to say if I'm gonna post, um, I will spend more time posting and doing my comments and reading my DMs than I will consuming. So I am in control of social media. I don't let it control me. And that has been something that has enabled me to keep a healthy relationship with it. I don't let it overtake my life. I do not let it be the first thing that I look at when I wake up or the last thing when I go to sleep. So what's the first thing that you do when you wake up? I wake up and then I usually have to sit there because my housemate wakes up and she's peeing and then I need to pee. <laughs> um, I drink water. Um, I spray my face with rose water. I haven't brought it with me, but like, I'm addicted to this thing. Um, yeah, and then I open my blinds. I look out the window. I don't know it sounds a bit cheesy, but I do. Like, I see the sunlight, let that come in, and then 
it depends how much time I have, but I'll either make breakfast and then I'll probably check my phone, but for emails, well actually, for uh, my boyfriend, it's long distance, he's in England, so mm -hmm. he usually, that's the first thing I do is text him. But social media, yeah, it won't, will never be the first thing. That's really good advice. It's hard, like if you wake up and you look at your phone and then you go to bed and you look at your phone, it's like anxiety producing. It's hard not to always be like, Feeling I do that. Stress. Yeah. It's the most of time not to lose time. Yeah. yeah. If you lose time in the morning, you're gonna be late. Mm -hmm. Or your makeup's not gonna be as good because you got less time. Or yeah. you know, whatever it is. Or at night you're gonna lose time sleeping. Yeah. Sleep is so valuable. Mm -hmm. It's the most important thing right now for mm -hmm. me to keep my head like clear and calm and even if it's meditating maybe you do want to check your social media just before you sleep mm -hmm. give yourself at least 10 minutes away put your phone to the side and then meditate breathe try and clear any thoughts that you might have then you know get that sleep in get on with the day yeah it's really good advice so what is it like to be the face of a large brand like AEO what additional responsibilities does that carry outside of photo shoots I think it's a lot personally um, I didn't realize until maybe four years ago how as a model you have such a bigger responsibility because essentially you're part of the media and you're part of producing an image that then affects people who look at that image right um so before i i didn't feel very powerful i kind of just felt like a cog in the making of an image when i realized geez if i could be something bigger, if I could be a message or a movement or an, a different aspiration. I, the aspiration I don't want is for girls to just say, I want to look like her. The aspiration I would like when they see an image of me is, look how confident she is, look how happy she is, look how balanced her life is. Or when they get to know me a bit more, like, she's fun, she's got a good group of girlfriends, like, she works hard, like, she didn't get here, you know, just for no reason. Right. So, those are the kind of things that I believe we have a responsibility to show more than just a two-dimensional two image or a, a body, you know? There's so much more to it than that. What about you, Helena? I think you summarized it very well. <laughs> but um, I don't know, for me, I feel like I have such a huge responsibility because for a lot of girls, they, they were in the same boat that I was because they didn't have anybody that dressed like them. And now that... I'm on magazines and I'm modeling and I'm a part of a, a huge campaign like American Eagle, I feel like I have to share their story. It can't just be about me, you know? I have to take everybody's, you know, personal stories and hardships and I have to really be the face of that. You know, I can't just I can't just model to model Halima Adan. No, I want to represent women in my community, black Muslims and also women like all over who wear the hijab, who don't wear the hijab because we have our own struggles within the Muslim community, you know, and I want to be the face of that and I want to show the rest of the world that, yes, you could still wear the hijab, you could still be an American and you could still partner up with amazing organizations and brands and you don't have to limit yourself or, you know, lose your values to do so. Yeah. Can I just tell you a really quick story? Please. She already knows this, but um, when my housemate saw you on the runway, she called her mom, mm. and I was there, she called her mom, she goes, mom, we're on the runway for the first time, we're there, we're, we're being seen, like, we're part of fashion, like, That's I awesome. feel so good, and it was just like, you did that for so many millions of people, 
like all around it's the really world. It's really powerful. It's so powerful. When someone doesn't feel represented, it makes them feel like there's something wrong with them. Mm-hmm. It feels like they're excluded from the club and it's not okay. We need more people to be shown in the media so that every person around the world can feel represented, can mm-hmm. see themselves and think, yes, I am good enough. Because they are, it's just not fair that they're not mm-hmm. shown that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's awesome. That's a great story. Did you know that? Yeah, she told me. I'm not a friend. <laughs> oh, yeah, I believe yeah. when we, we rock her. Yeah, 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 I wish you brought her mom, She's too. She's fucking hard, yeah. <laughs> I love that. That's really great. How do you guys express yourself through your personal style? And what are some pieces in your wardrobe that you guys feel really represent who you are and, and make you feel extra confident? Well, for me, it's the hijab, you know, like a, a scarf, you know, it, it really is a scarf until you make it into a hijab. For me, it kind of represents what I believe, which is like modesty. Uh, so for me, that's like my go-to, uh, go-to piece of uh, fashion clothing. <laughs> but um, so, yeah, it's it's really nice. And like the fact that American Eagle just came out with the denim hijab. Woohoo! <laughs> <Modeling> it. <laughs> yes. Product placement. You know, it, it just it makes me so proud because, you know, like, I never thought I'd, I'd see the day, you know, and a denim hijab never existed before. So it, it's really nice to see like women embracing different styles, different things. You don't always have to just wear like a plain black hijab all the time, 24 uh, seven, take risks, you know, that's what I always try to like tell myself, you know, go for brighter sometimes, go for, you know, kind of, don't just like take yourself away from fashion just because you're a, a Muslim, enter it, but do it your own way, you know? Yeah, yeah. what about you? I think jeans, if I'm honest, like I live in jeans, they kind of like grow with you, Mm -hmm. they develop, (laughs) and then I mean I really struggle to find jeans that fit, I think a lot of us have that struggle, so there's a high-waisted AE jean that just fitted me, and so when I moved to the US, because when I was, I want to say I was 16 maybe before AE was available in England, I begged my parents to let me buy some stuff off online and it got shipped to me and it was $72 worth of tax. My parents made me send it back. That's I was crazy. so upset. Um, so anyway, now I live here, so obviously. You're buying it all the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's great. And you've both overcome criticism in your careers. What advice do you have for students who may be dealing with this in person or on social media? For me, like, I understand, you know, because, like, I, I chose to go this path and people who really, like my family, for example, I know my mom meant no harm, obviously she she cares a lot about me, but even with close relatives and close friends, the first thing that they worried about is, you're gonna, you're gonna take off the hijab, they're gonna slowly try to, like, strip you off of everything that makes you you, you know, so... Now that I've done enough enough uh, enough work to show them, like, hey, I'm still modeling. I still have pictures I'm still, out, like, staying and I'm still to the same. Yeah. <laughs> so I, that has made them a lot more comfortable, and, and they understand. But again, like, the criticism comes from people who don't know. You know, I, I myself didn't know what this path would look like. There's no one before me who was who was doing the same thing with with a hijab. So there was just a lot of uncertainty, you know, and people worried that I was gonna start to lose myself in the process. Yeah, um, I would say I've had a loved ones. Um, that guy mm-hmm. I was telling you about the ex-boyfriend. Mm-hmm. He t- said said basically, um, you're a model. You're just a piece of meat. Like mm-hmm. you're, what you're doing is worthless. It's gross. Um, he really brought me down, but that's because he was actually the insecure one, right. mm-hmm. and he was worried that he was gonna lose me. 
So he just didn't know how to handle that. Um, those toxic people that you are able to walk away from do. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got a girlfriend at the moment and she's got some friends that really are attacking her. And so if, you know, if you choose your friends. You right. don't have to, you don't owe them anything. Like friends are only to build you up, to make you feel good, to move forward and empower each other. Um, but online wise. Yeah, like I think online is the real one. Like how do you tough. how do you not take things to heart? A bad comment or a tweet or an article written about you that is just so not flattering and derogatory. They don't know you. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting though because you can get used to certain things. You can be like, okay, I'm getting used to being called fat or I can get used to being called mm-hmm. names. And then sometimes different ones will hit you. Right. And then you're like, whoa, I didn't see that coming. Or wow, there's girls making videos about you, talking about you. And it and it really hurts. Like, I'm not going to lie. Like, I've cried. Yeah, it's hard to like, you're human, right? Yeah, It's hard course. to be like, um, okay. And yeah. you've got to remember that. And I, I encourage anyone online to think before you say anything because yeah. you also don't know what that person is going through at that moment um but i have to just i try to delete ignore block report and then i try and surround myself with my loved ones and then just remember i can either go to my gratitude list which is a list that i create either in my head or write down of all the things i'm grateful for um or do like my mirror challenge where i kind of look in the mirror and i'm like wow look what you've achieved like you're fun, you're compassionate, you're hardworking, all those things, you, you have to do that. Mm-hmm. You really do have to heal yourself mm-hmm. um, and look after yourself. Because we can laugh and joke about it, and there is so many comments that I think are hysterical. Mm-hmm. There's this one guy right now online that he keeps creating new profiles like every day just to troll me, and he keeps calling me Miss Piggy, but he's just seeking my attention. He has a crush on you. Probably, it's not backwards. He follows like seven people. So he follows so me bizarre. every day. He will find something else to say. Like yeah. today, oh, your thighs look like tree trunks or da da da. And I'm like, you are so, you are hurting. You yeah. are in such a bad place. And there was one time, I hope I'm not going on too long, but there was one time where I got hacked on Snapchat. Um, I'm not on Snapchat. Someone anymore. sold your account. Yeah. yeah. So he started posting things and then he started messaging derogatory messages to guys on there pretending to be me and my friends told me and then I tried basically had Twitter so I had to speak to him on Twitter and beg for my account back and then I thought you know what no I'm gonna switch up on this I'm not gonna go there angry I'm not gonna I'm gonna try and figure out what's going on with him mm-hmm. so I said to him you're clearly highly intelligent you're good with computer skills why aren't you being productive? Why are you? And then he said, well, the thing is I get a kick out of it. I don't really have any friends. Um, I don't feel like I'm worth anything. So this is just like kind of something fun for me to do. And I said, well, why don't you try doing something that's actually going to be beneficial? Um, If you did that, then you might make friends. You might have friends. And he said, well, no one's ever told me that that was possible. And I was like, this is crazy. Me and him had a good 30 minutes. became a therapist. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, let's get a session going. My mind is kind of blown. So I do actually That's a good approach, though, instead of, like, being hateful and and just attacking. And that's how you see these trolls. I see... And there, there are other ones. Do you know what? It's harder coming from girl, girls, to be honest. Mm-hmm. These guys. Yeah, the guys, it's like you can write it off a bit. Yeah, now after talking to that guy, I'm kind of like, I, I see what type of person you are, and I kind of feel bad for you, and I wish there was yeah. a way I could help you. Mm-hmm. But yeah, right now, I find the girls' ones, it's not very frequent, but it's usually a competitive thing. Yeah. It's usually, you know, 
she doesn't deserve this, I deserve it more, let me try and bring her down to make her look bad, to make me look good. And I'm like, come on, guys. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. especially our message, and I'm sure most of you, you just want to make other people feel good. Yeah. But there is space for everyone. Mm-hmm. There really is. For sure. Yeah, something that she taught me about, which I still need to do but it's an amazing idea it's like you could really have full control of like social media it's the instagram thing like blocking blocking yes. certain words from so people can't leave certain words did you know about that you know i didn't know about control. that i'm telling you yeah you need to get so you you wait, wait, the words that you don't want to appear in your comments there's an option in and instagram. if someone writes a comment it's it just like we'll delete that yeah, word yeah you can't write that word did you guys comments. know that that's oh, thank fun. You. That's a fun oh, fact. Yeah, and also you can just switch your comments off. I haven't yeah, done that yet, that. but I mean, I can understand why some people do. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Are there any unexpected responsibilities of being a model that students might not realize fall under your job title? I mean, like getting lasering and waxing? <laughs> I, that's an interesting one. I... I feel a pressure to look fresh every day. Is that a weird one? I don't no. know. I remember being told when I was younger there was this model that people loved working with because she went to bed at 10 p.m. every day. She did hair masks. Her skin was always glowing because she... Can you tell us who it is? Uh, her name was Emma McLaren. Um, she, she she had a cool career. I'll tell her. She had a game plan, basically. She started modeling at 14. She booked Max Factor. She booked Burberry. She booked really high-end jobs but she also had to slim be slim and so she said I'm only doing this till I'm 21 I'm getting my check and then I'm getting out because she said this isn't a lifestyle that I can actually it's not sustainable it's not sustainable so she kind of saw it as this period of time where she did that and in and out Um, that didn't appeal to me I always prefer kind of longevity and even now with my modeling career like you'll never see me doing fit tea on my Instagram or you'll never see me picking up a check for the, those watches or because I'm not interested in doing small little money jobs and this is kind of like a career thing as well it depends what who you want to be mm-hmm. um, I would rather build a relationship with a brand who aligns with my morals and my values just like American Eagle and Airy and build something that is sustainable for me makes me feel stable um, excites me challenges me helps me grow um, and so as a model I've kind of taken that direction but I think we're both in privileged positions when you become more than a model you become a brand and a message there's only certain people who are going to want to work with you yeah I think that that's a really good point to keep in mind with all of your careers yeah is that you can do little transactions and little things just so that you feel at the moment like you're getting ahead and I see this with students all the time but I think it's really important to like step back when you enter your careers and think about like where it is that you want to go and make sure that you're like mindful of all your relationships and all of your actions that you do in your job because one little thing that you think you know you don't want to be at a company anymore let's say you're going to quit it quit your job you don't want to be at that company like be graceful in the way that you go out yeah. because yeah. like you are setting up your reputation kind of for your career and I've seen so many people just do shortcuts and do things mm-hmm. that really like leave a bad taste so mm-hmm. I think that's a really good point like think about the big picture and, yes. and don't get caught up in just like those little transactional things that you know, happen. Someone once said to me they said um, be nice to the assistant because one day because one day they'll be the photographer yeah but it was really interesting because I noticed it I even earlier today on set I walked in and I was like I asked for everybody's name on set 
I asked for the assistant, I asked for the runner, I asked for the second AD, and you build that, you give them eye contact, you make them remember you. Um, that was one thing I was terrified of um, in my career, and actually as a personality trait, I didn't want to be f forgotten. I just thought, you know what, I want to make a positive impact on every single person I meet. I want them to remember me in a really positive light. Yeah. And that's something career-wise, you can do that every time you turn up, every time you show up, every day you go to work. It's a new day, you have a new chance to impress someone, mm -hmm. to be you know, a positive energy. Um, and I really think that that's how people get far. When I meet successful people in whatever career that might be, it's usually because they're able to make other people feel great as well. Um, and damn, I, what you were saying was so good. No. Yeah, you just don't know who you've met and who you're going to meet in 10 years' time who's going to offer you an opportunity. Even an email today was someone who I've met two years ago who was like, hey, I've got this opportunity. And I was like, wow. Yeah, it's so, so it's true. So important. And you, you all know you don't forget when you're snubbed or treated poorly mm -hmm. and you'll remember those feelings so I, I totally agree with with yeah. that message and have kind of been like that as well so I think it's it's a really good takeaway from this for you guys to all think about because a lot of you are interns now or you're going to be in an entry-level position and like you are being looked at and you're the way that you're representing yourself like is being noticed so don't just think you know just because you're an intern or what you're doing is, is irrelevant, it is really important. But yeah, this has been fantastic. Thank you guys so much for joining the conversation. Yes. Thank you. Thanks to AEO for partnering with us on this episode and to Iskra and Halima for joining the conversation. Be sure to rate and subscribe to Office Hours on iTunes. Bye.